0: Hey guys, Bob from RetroRGB here. Welcome to week two of the Retro News Roundup. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it last week, a lot of really cool feedback and comments, so thank you very much to everybody. Um, and I'm listening to all of them. Uh, I'm trying a new microphone. I'm actually trying the microphone I used to record vocals for my band, so I'm not really sure if that'll translate well to something like this. But let me know how, if it sounds better, and if not, I'll try to get another one. Um haven't upgraded my background or my video yet. As you can see, my office is totally in disarray still, but um, hopefully that'll be fixed by the next one. Um, and I'd also like to try releasing this as a podcast. Uh, same exact thing. I'll just rip the audio and post it to iTunes and all the other podcasting places. Um, I know a lot of people can't really watch YouTube videos. Like, for me, I'm on the road all the time, so it's impossible to watch videos and stream. You know, when I'm driving, I lose signal all the time. It keeps buffering. drives me nuts, so... I figure I'll try it as a podcast as well, and it doesn't really take any much more effort, so hopefully, you know, if anybody listens, that's better than nothing. Um, But this is definitely the best way to watch it still is on video, because I'm going to try to show pictures of everything and kind of, you know, do video demos and stuff, Uh, but I'll still try to explain everything I'm showing for people that are just listening. But, um, yeah, so I guess let's just jump right into it and start with the first thing. So one of the first things I want to talk about is something uh, that popped up a few months ago that I've been following, and it's a Neo Geo ROM cart. So Darksoft has actually created one, and it's in testing and working, uh, and he's trying to get it out this year. Um, there's no release date yet, no pre-order or anything like that, so definitely don't jump on the forums and bug them. But um, so far, the information he's released about it makes it seem very cool. Um, so it's four hundred dollars, which, as far as ROM carts go, that's expensive. But as far as Neo Geo stuff goes, it's pretty cheap. I mean, four hundred bucks is like two decent games, probably you know, probably less than that. Um, it's also going to be micro SD based, and there'll be an AES and an MVS version. So the home arcade and then the, the stand up arcade version, um, and it's uh, running off of FPGA and it's going to load four games at one time into it. So if you're using the stand-up arcade, it could mimic the exact same, you know, you choose your game and load it from there. But uh, it's all SD-based, so you could have the whole library on there. You press a button, load up another one. And if it's not one of the four games loaded, it's only like a 10-second loading time. So it's probably going to be the same as an EverDrive, but all the ones that are loaded in memory are instant loading, which is pretty cool. Um... I've been following this since day one, and I'm definitely going to buy one right away. I mean, the only Neo Geo ROM carts I've seen are even ROM carts. They're the multi-carts, and there's just issues with every one. You know, some of the games don't work right, some of the games listed don't even work at all. Um, So I'm really hoping this one's going to work, and I'm definitely going to support them. An Atari Lynx ROM cart was actually announced a few months ago. The Atari Age Forum user Saint has created one, uh, and there is a pre-order list. You can get on it now. But just a few days ago, he updated uh, the status with it. it's two to three months behind to get all the orders out. Um, he's doing it all himself, so I imagine it's a ton of work and a lot of effort, but I pre-ordered one. I think I'm like halfway through the list, uh, and I'll review it as soon as it comes in. Uh, it's 65 British pounds, which I think is about 100 bucks US dollars today with uh, shipping and everything, so it wasn't too bad, you know, about the same as most others, but uh, I'm pretty excited. Um... I'd never really used an Atari Lynx until last year. I'd seen the, the TV commercials, and I'd seen them in stores as a kid, but I never tried one myself, and when I finally used it, the screen was just terrible. Um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of Lynx fans are probably hating me for saying that, but it was very bad. I ended up getting the McWill mod for it, the one that I reviewed on the site, which I'll put a link to in that as well, But uh, and that just changed everything. Now it's just awesome. You know, it looks It looks exactly like what you would want a retro handheld to look like. You know, it's it still has the scan lines on there and it um, it still looks like a retro handheld, but it's crystal clear. You could actually see everything on the screen and it really changed the whole experience for me. So I'm really looking forward to taking the ROM cart and trying all the games I haven't tried yet on it and seeing if uh, I have a different appreciation for it now. So it's kind of cool that both mods together, you know, the ROM cart and the uh, the screen mod, which also has a video out mod, really just breathes new life into a lot of these old consoles. So, um, yeah, check it out. If you want to pre-order, just uh, uh, send a a message on the Atari Age forums, and you can get right on the list. Another kind of neat thing that was announced last week was a Virtual Boy emulator was released for uh, Google Cardboard. So you could actually play emulated Virtual Boy games in 3D. Um, I tried out the video he posted, so if you don't want to go through the trouble of... um, of installing and configuring everything. You could just watch the YouTube video through Google Cardboard. And it's pretty neat. Um, it's in black and white, not in the red scale, but I mean, it's uh, if you love Virtual Boy and you have Google Cardboard, it's probably something you'd want to give it a shot. I own a Virtual Boy, but I only really like a few of the games. Um, I remember my cousin Scott actually got the Virtual Boy right when it was released in the 90s, and I always kind of laughed at him because it just seemed so ridiculous. You know, he would like, sit on the couch with it propped up against his chest because he couldn't really, you know, couldn't really use it comfortably. Whenever I use it, I kind of put it on a table and just lean forward into it. But um, I've played through almost all the games, and I loved Wario. That was actually a great game. It was like, you know, they they used the depth of the 3D really well. And Mario Tennis was fun. Um, And the homebrew game, somebody ported Street Fighter II, that was just so cool. But other than that, um, for me, Virtual Boy was more of a novelty. Um, I own one. I had a broken one that I fixed up, and I do have that ROM cart, which was cool to try the whole library, but I'm not going to go through the trouble of configuring an emulator. Uh, if somebody does an easy install, like some of the patches that people have been making for iPhones, I'll totally try that. But if anybody tries it and loves it, let me know what you think. Next up, Super G said that the JP21 version of the GSCART switch should be available in a few weeks. Um, For anybody that's not familiar, JP21 looks exactly like SCART, but it's a totally different pinout. Um, And it's not compatible, uh, especially because the voltage is in a different place. So you could do some serious damage if you mix and match cables. Um, Almost anybody that uses RGB SCART just uses SCART. So some people call it Euro SCART, but it's just SCART. JP-21 is the cables that came from Japan, um, and there's no better or worse, it's just people that have already purchased all JP-21 cables don't want to rebuy all cables, they just would rather buy the other Switch. Um, there's going to be a different power supply for that one, so just check the forums, check the links, he's going to be bundling the power supply with it um, uh, to solve the problem of you know what power supply do you use, but uh, anybody interested, definitely check out the forums, uh, and I will leave the link in the description. Um, another thing I want to do is kind of do like a pickup section. Um, my friend Justin, the Goodwill Hunter, all of his videos are about the cool things he finds and uh, cool deals he gets on video game stuff, and I don't want to do too much into that, but I do occasionally run across some neat things, uh, and I wanted a way to share them, um, but if you guys don't want to hear this, if this is boring, please leave it in the comments and I won't do it again. But um, I got a Famicom. Now, I'm sure most of the people watching this are probably laughing, like, yeah, who cares, it's a Nintendo, but from Japan. But I'm sure there's got to be a few people like me that, although we've played Famicom games through a ROM card or maybe even through a, a pin converter, I've never actually held or played an original Famicom before. So Famicom was the family computer, the original NES. It's got the controllers wired in, kind of like a neat slot for it. Um, And it's got smaller games, so the games go in here and, you know, same release lever like a SNES. uh, Expansion port in front for things like the 3D glasses and the keyboard and um, a few other things. Uh, And the other cool thing is the second controller has a microphone built in. So for anybody that's ever played Zelda and you read the manual and it said blow into it to kill the pole's voice, I think it was called. um, I always thought it meant the whistle. Would do it, and I never figured or I never understood why it wouldn't work. But you're literally supposed to take out the second controller and like whistle into it, and it could kill all the certain types of enemies in a castle. So I'm really looking forward to playing with it. Um, I think I'm going to do the Ness RGB mod, Tim Worthington's mod, and the board that he made for it. So these back here have a separate daughter board, Um, so he made his own custom one, so uh, it just kind of drops right in. Um, The only thing that I want to kind of do differently is, uh, to use his, you have to kind of mod the case a little bit. And I've been trying to get away from case modding, because almost every single internal mod I do can be uh, reversed. So yeah, you might need to solder a jumper wire or two or something to put it back, but you could put every console back internally, stock, for whatever reason if you wanted to. But once you cut plastic, it's cut forever. So what if the NES RGB is out now, and I cut the plastic to fit it? And five years from now, some you know somebody else comes up with some other genius mod. I don't really know how you could possibly make that any better, but just saying. So the case is cut forever. So I'm gonna try to do things where um, he made it so that you could utilize the same type of switch to change the color palettes. That's pretty awesome. And maybe I could just do like um, uh, a cable, just kind of like a little. Um, A little pigtail sticking out the back so I don't have to cut the plastic, but I'll definitely do much more of an in-depth review on that when I'm done. Um, A million other people have done them, so I won't go too crazy, but I'm pretty excited. Real Famicom. Um, The other thing I got in the mail were uh, Mark III games. So, in the U.S. we got the Sega Master System, but in Japan they got the Mark III. Um, and the games are identical, um, it's just the game cartridges and pinouts are different, so you can't physically plug one in, you have to use a converter, um, and a couple of the consoles look totally different. Um, the MK2000 is the Japanese version that looks exactly like a master system, but it has built-in 3D glasses, adapter, built-in FM sound, um, and I'll get way in-depth on uh, a future episode about SMS stuff, because I have a couple of really awesome mods to talk about, but... I was just, you know, I just thought it was pretty neat. got OutRun and Maze Hunter 3D, which I think is Maze Walker 3D in Japan. Um, Hopefully I'm right about that. But um, another thing is it got packed in a box in a box. So outside box is normal cardboard, but it shipped in this. And I just thought it was really neat. Um, I've spent a lot of time in China and uh, in Taiwan and a little bit of time in Japan, but not a lot. Uh, But I always like the the look of different things, different cultures, and I don't know what a Lottie chocolate pie is, but I want one. Last Saturday I went to a meetup with the Connecticut Gamers Organization. Um, I think it's Congo on Facebook. I'll put a link in the description. But basically, it's like swap meet style, where you show up and uh, you know you could hang out, um, trade games. You could set up a, a table if you want and sell or trade stuff with other people. It was pretty cool. I saw a bunch of rare things I haven't seen in a while. Um, like I saw a bunch of Neo Geo Pocket full complete and box games. I'd never really seen that before, but it was pretty cool. I'd uh, I'd been wanting to go for a while, and I just keep missing every time they have one um and it's sponsored by retro games plus which is a chain of video game stores in Connecticut um and it's owned by a guy named Chris that I met right when I first started uh making retro rgb um the site wasn't even close to done it wasn't even uploaded yet and I ran into him at one of his stores and just kind of talked to him for a while realized he was the owner and you know he uh he ended up really helping me out a lot he found me a bunch of stuff i needed um i bought a ton of uh, consoles from him for testing a lot of the guides that you see on my website were consoles I bought from him, uh, and he's really introduced me to a lot of cool people too. He introduced me to Lance from Retroware TV, and then I met a couple people through him: uh, Steve from HD Retrovision, awesome guy, and uh, Wes from Second Opinion Games. Is now you know these guys are friends of mine now, which is pretty cool. So, um, you know, if you're ever in the area, I highly recommend checking it out. Cool games, uh, you know, cool stores, good prices. Uh, There's one in Norwalk, which is right in the eastern New York City area. Pretty easy to get to. There's one in Orange, which is right by New Haven, Connecticut, Bridgeport. It's kind of like, there's five or six different major highways and stuff that go right through there. And there's one in Newington, Connecticut, which is by... Newington. Anyway, um, the meetup was pretty cool. Um, And I actually bought a Sega Nomad, which I was not expecting to find one of those there. But um, if anybody doesn't know what that is, it's basically a portable Genesis. So imagine a Game Gear, but only plays Genesis games, um, with a slightly better screen. So better than Game Gear, but not quite as good as you know, like a modern LCD. Uh, and it's got video output and six-button controller. Um, this one in particular had the original screen and screen protector still on it, which was pretty neat. Um, you know, for seventy bucks, something if it really is only original, I thought that was a great deal. Um, but I tested the RGB video output, and I get kind of like wavy line interference. So, um, and I'd seen that before. Uh, Goodwill Hunter, my friend Justin, actually sent me his to test, and it does the same thing. So I'll find out what's wrong with it, and then I'll put a page up on the website on how to fix it, if it can be fixed and everything, but I was pretty excited to get that. Um, also picked up a GameCube for 20 bucks, which is nothing special, but uh, Badass Consoles is actually coming out with uh, a couple of their GameCube video mods soon, so I needed a, another console because I'm getting both the HDMI and the analog mods. Um, and then... The last thing I picked up was a PS3. So I'd owned a few PS3s before and for whatever reason bought and sold them. Some died on me. Um, The original one I had was like uh, the software backward compatible model with PS2. So when you went to play games, PS2 games on it, it was pretty laggy. Um, And I figured, you know, I try to always get all the consoles and just keep them now just to have for testing and sometimes to play depending on the games. But Um, it was 70 bucks, it was cheap, figured why not, let me just add it to the collection, and eventually I'll go back and get one of the C-E-C-H-A-O-1. So those are the original hardware-backward-compatible PS3s, so you could play PS2 and 3 games on it. Um, not as, not as much lag as the software-backward-compatible ones. Um, and the PS3 worked fine, you know, good deal for 70 bucks, but the controllers were gross. I just, I don't understand that. Like, I know I'm a bit of a neat freak, But how does somebody let their controllers get so bad? Do they just like, you know, eat like a bowl of food while playing a game and then dip the controller into the food and then keep playing the game? Like, weirds me out. But uh, I basically did the same exact thing that I do in the console cleaning section of my website. So you basically just tear it down to the plastic, scrub the plastic, uh, and then wait for it to dry and put it all back together. Um, I have the whole guide up there. I use two different types of cleaners. One gets the funk off, and then the other one gets other stuff off, but it also cleans the funk off to... Or, cleans the cleaner. So, the first one leaves, like, a little residue on it, but gets off all the really grimy stuff, and then the second one's just dish detergent, and it leaves it, like, feeling like a brand-new controller, pretty much. Um, and it made a world of difference. I mean, there's still some scratches, but they feel brand new. There's no stickiness on them or weirdness or anything, so that's pretty cool. I always recommend people do that, you know, when they get used video game systems. Um, and one thing that I use... All the time now, which I, I wanted to put a link to and at least show it was uh, this. It's like the opposite of a vacuum cleaner, so it's like a compressed air thing. You plug it in. Um, I used to have a real air compressor, um, but then I moved to an apartment, and it's way too loud to have here, so I ended up selling it. Um, but a real air compressor is the best. That thing, you know, you could you could blow a table over with it pretty much. So you could really get in to clean all the all the nasty spots. Um this works as good as compressed air and it's expensive it's like 50 bucks but six, I mean 50 bucks is like five or six cans of compressed air or maybe 10 if you buy them in bulk so if you do a lot of cleaning and you really need it I mean it's it's something cool to have I actually updated the modding tools and the game cleaning section of the site with a link to this thing just cuz I think it's awesome I use it to clean absolutely everything and You know, especially in like controllers when there's all those little nooks and crannies that you're waiting for it to dry. Um, I just take it and just blow it right through and then leave the controller to dry for 10 minutes and it's perfect. So definitely something you should pick up if you, you know, deal with cleaning electronics, computers, anything where you need to get dust or or stuff out. It's kind of a cool thing to uh, to own. All right, well, just before uh, I close it up, I wanted to respond to some of the comments that I got. So once again, thanks for everybody for commenting and participating and everything. It's really cool. Uh, and I wanted to do, I guess you could call it a Q&A or something. Uh, basically, if you leave, have a question, and leave it in the comments. I'll respond. Uh, and I, there was only a few last week, but I figured I would answer them directly. Um, Sobe Monster was asking about um, more information on the GSCART switch. So I figured I'll just do a quick rundown. Um, GSCART switch is eight SCART inputs to two outputs. SCART. And VGA style. I say style because it's a VGA port but it's not VGA signal. Um, It is just the signal hasn't is still 15 kilohertz RGB. It just goes through a different port. So this is awesome for a bunch of reasons mainly being the cost of cables. So Soby Monster was actually also asking about which cables to use and which are the best but um, that is you can get an $8 VGA to BNC cable that's shielded and works perfect. And I think, you know, it's way cheaper than some of the other ones. Um, high quality, uh, it, and it just works perfect with them. I use them on all my RGB monitors for this. Um, and also, you could do things like if you have uh, an XRGB Mini, um, you could buy one of the SCART to XRGB mini, XRGB mini adapters and then use VGA to um, either uh, capture card or to your RGB monitor so the dual outputs work pretty well. Um, it has separate audio jack as well so if you don't use the SCART output you could put this into your RGB monitor and this into your stereo uh, and the, the two switches on it. Um, one is just C, uh, the sync stripper on and off so that's just very basic. Um, I leave mine on at all times and only turn it off if something weird happens um, and this is uh, C-Sync to uh, HV-Sync. So, RGBS is red, green, blue, C-Sync, composite video sync. Um, RGB-HV is red, green, blue, horizontal sync, vertical sync. So in some cases, um, you might actually want the sync separated. It all depends on the display or processor you're using. So um, if you don't think you, or if you don't know if you need it or not, you don't need it. Uh, You would absolutely know because your system wouldn't work without it. But it's kind of cool to have it on there. Just another option to make the VGA port more compatible with other devices. Um, and the last thing that a lot of people ask about is the power. So this is a Genesis 1 power jack. So you could use any of the Genesis power 1 power supplies if it's an OEM. If you use an aftermarket, you got to be careful and make sure it's good enough. Um... These, the Tomy ones, are the ones I recommend because um, not only does it work perfect with the GSCart switch, uh, Steve from HD Retrovision actually tested these and confirmed that they do output the proper signal. So uh, you could use these with the Genesis 1 as well, and it'll work just as well as the original OEM. Um, SAM-6, so a bunch of S's, a bunch of A's, a bunch of M's, SAM-6... Um, Says so he doesn't understand why people call the N64 filter a blur. It's preference. So, you know, you're saying just because you can see pixels doesn't mean it's higher quality. That's really to be debated. Um, I play on an RGB monitor to turn the blur features off. Absolutely, in my personal opinion, makes it look better. But if that's not what you like, then, I mean, there's no real, real right answer to it. But it is absolutely a blurring technique. So it is, uh, you know, the horizontal blur is something that was done deliberately. Um, sometimes it helps, sometimes it hurts. But, you know, that's something that uh, on my Life in Gaming's video, there was a lot of negative feedback they got talking about that. A lot of people didn't like it. But honestly, just try it yourself. And whatever you prefer, use. There's definitely no right or wrong way to do it. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a hot topic lately. So any more comments about that, I'll happily chime in. Uh, And the only other one is me. Gil said, put the links as memos. Uh, If any of you guys are YouTube experts, please let me know how to do that, because whenever I put them in as memos or notes, they don't show up on uh, uh, mobile devices, iPads, or uh, iPhones, and none of them are clickable. So I figured at least embedding them into the actual video, you could see all the little notes or signs I put up uh, on every device. But if I'm doing that wrong, let me know. Um, And As always, any comment, any feedback, anything you got, please let me know. Um, Was this one too long? Was there something I I talked about that was too boring? You know, something you want to hear more of? Uh, Please just let me know, and I'll try my best to to do it as well as I can. So thanks very much for watching, and uh, see you next week.